0: Thank you for listening to this podcast one production available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that Leo chico pit bull, Mister Three Hundred Five, but I said Mister Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here, at Negative to Positive, is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why did you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede
1: Meal. It's only at McDonald's. Where there's a meal for every morning, and nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba da ba ba
2: Hello, everyone. It's Perry here to let you know that this episode of Collider Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe. This service is really the ultimate DC membership for DC fans, and it's where you can find a whole bunch of original series. For example, there's Titans, and there's also Young Justice Outsiders, Part 1 and Part 2. And then on top of that, if you're looking for some comics, they've got a comic library that includes over 20,000 titles, and that goes from classics to recent releases, you can get complete storylines. And then on top of that, you can basically access this on all your favorite devices. So it doesn't matter what you use, where you are, you can get DC Universe. So you know what? Go on over. Sign up now at dcuniverse.com slash join.
0: It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy to use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
2: It's Thanos? Okay, cool. Thank you. It's time for Monday Movie Talk, and that means you're getting a box office report, a big one this time around, because Endgame has officially passed Avatar at the box office. On top of that, we are recapping a whole bunch of information from San Diego Comic-Con, in particular that big Marvel panel that happened on... Saturday, in addition to everything announced in Hall H at the actual panel, Kevin Feige was busy chit chatting with so many outlets and he was talking a little bit about the phase five plan. So, after most of the projects we heard about in the room, we are going to break it all down today with Mark Riley and we've got Silas back in the house. Hi, hi. Everyone survived?
3: Yeah, somewhat. <laughs> How we feeling? Well, I didn't have the Comic Con you guys had. I mean, you actually worked. I just came down on a Saturday and enjoyed the show. So you know, got that going for me. What was which the best nice. thing you
2: saw all Comic Con, Silas?
4: Uh, the Captain Picard trailer.
2: Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to go for that. I have a, a laundry list of things, but I'll say first thing that comes to mind is probably the It Chapter Two footage. I can't wait for you to see it, Riley. I know, I, I've wait. heard.
3: Uh, that looks amazing, love the trailer, but probably the best Comic-Con trailer is has to be Cats.
2: Yeah, of course. Are you talking about the actual Cats trailer or the Cats trailer recut to the Us score? Because that one is a real gem.
3: That one's good. <laughs> uh, there's one floating out there right now that we'll play on Collider Live tomorrow where it has Zubilee Zoo theme oh, in wonderful. it. Wonderful. That's a good one. Uh, the, the trailer itself is just bat- you know what? So uh, it's it's a bat crazy. Uh, I am it's, it's,
2: fascinated. It's
3: it's amazing.
2: <laughs> so wait, a, a serious thumbs up or a thumbs down for the cat? I feel like I, you're more open minded than anyone I know. I'm
4: curious. I I, <laughs> I don't know what else you do. I I am more concerned about cats as a as a. There's not much of a narrative there.
3: It's I mean it's the musical. I've seen the musical a number of times. It's the musical. It just. <laughs> It was really weird doing the, like, you know, they're sitting there with the... <laughs> I, do, I, I would like to play on those sets.
4: Like yeah, me too. That looks really fun. To just I be would in a giant too, world.
2: as long as that footage like stayed in my back pocket and never got out into the world. <laughs> it's just when it hit that Coming point, from I'm you. like, really? as long as they promise
4: none of those cats oh, are around. <laughs> yeah,
2: real. I'm glad we got the biggest story of the day out of the way. First. There it is. All right, let's move into our weekend box office report. We've got the actuals in now. Lion King topped the charts as expected, making a whopping 191.8 million dollars. After that, it was Spider Man. Far From Home, which took another $21.2 million. Toy Story 4 came in at number 3 with $15.6 million. Then it was Crawl at number 4 with $6.1 million. And finally, yesterday, still chugging along right there with another $5 million. Riley, you look at this list, you might consider Avengers Endgame of everything here. What stands out to you in the box office? Sure.
3: Avengers Endgame stands out, but really for me, it's Lion King. I can't believe that opening weekend um, because going in, I saw the movie movie i i've seen the reactions from both critics and fans and and i get it you know it's it's basically a shot for shot remake and if you like that kind of thing if you don't like that kind of thing i thought it might affect box office the the reviews i was wrong that thing is a juggernaut and uh it, it shows that this uh, the disney machine and their remakes are are chugging along just fine and they're going to keep doing it because these audiences are going to see these things and uh Wow, 191 yeah. is insane.
2: It's a big, big number. I think it just speaks to the appeal of all these classic Disney animated movies. They've got a built-in crowd that came at the very beginning when those movies first came out, and it's it's almost got, or at least to me in particular with The Lion King, it's got an undeniable appeal where, yes, I'm always rooting for creativity, doing something a little different, but I fall for that story every single time I watch it. My sister saw it over the weekend and she said something similar. She said, Said it was just so cool seeing that story done that way. I
3: I think that's that's the thing about these Disney remakes is there's a curiosity factor. And if you, like me, The Lion King being my favorite Disney movie of all time, you want to see that. And I like the theatrical experience, being able to see it, Be there with the audience when Circle of Life starts playing. People are clapping. That's a fun time. The effects are amazing. Some are crying (laughs) like me as well. So, you know, when they announced Dumbo, when they announced The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, all these things, you go, okay, I want to see what that's like on, on screen. I wonder what the legs it will have now. Yeah. Because for me, I liked it. I don't think I need to see it again. It does have
2: an A Cinema score, which usually is a sign of long, long legs. There you go. Silas, were you surprised? I guess I was about to say, were you surprised it climbed that high? But also, were you surprised? Because early on, we were talking about a possible $200 million opening. Did it surprise you that it didn't hit that big number?
4: I'm not surprised it didn't, uh, just because reviews were a little mixed. But still, phenomenal and I, I think it is a big screen experience. Yeah. I, I think one of the more damning uh, reviews that is out there is there's a, like a Twitter that compares the animated version to the live action version. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of does a disservice to the live action version or photo real version uh, simply because you're seeing it in a little Twitter window and it's an experience on the big screen it is photo real on an imax screen which is very impressive Mm
2: -hmm. and then of course we have to talk about another impressive feat at the box office i mean you guys expected avengers endgame to eventually top avatar right
3: i didn't i thought it wasn't going to catch it but then as we started going and kept going i was like oh this might do it and then as numbers keep coming in you're like oh it 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 looks like it's going to do it and I'm not surprised now. I mean, after following this for a while, it's been in theaters how many weeks now? What? October, or October sure. April, April end of April. seventh 27th it came out. My, so it's been in theaters. I, it's a huge feat. It, 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 congratulations to Avengers Endgame. And I love that James Cameron and the Russo brothers are going back and forth uh, congratulating each other. And it was super cool to have it happen right before the big Hall H panel. Right.
2: And they got to announce it there, too. That was one of the cool things, was that Kevin Feige got up there, and he was able to say that at the start of the panel, which was a nice touch. Perfect. Did you expect it to take this long, or were you expecting it to happen sooner? I
4: kind of thought it would happen a little sooner. I, it, It's weird, because they did that whole re-release with the extra scene added, yeah. and I I kind of wish they hadn't, because I think it would have gotten there without it. I think so, too. And there's something about that release
3: that just seems a little cheap. Felt wrong. Yeah. Felt wrong. Felt wrong plus the scene in question, it's like I wouldn't want to put that out there when it's an unfinished thing. And it, it just t- it takes me out of the mm-hmm. movie. I didn't go see it, but I saw something online. Yeah. And, you know, but that's I'm with you on that. But I think it would have hit it without that extra scene or the re-release because it never left theaters. Mm-hmm. It was, I think, always going to be there. It just would have, You know, petered out sooner or later.
2: I couldn't agree more. If I were to judge whether or not it's worth seeing Endgame again just based on that extra little bit, I would have said, no, don't bother. But I'm also the kind of person who really loved that movie and would want to watch it whether there was extra footage or not. It is very fascinating when you compare Avatar's run to Avengers Endgame, though, because Avengers Endgame, it came out with a huge, huge opening. And then, yes, it did hold on fairly strong. But when you look at Avatar's run... And how it just was like trickling down ever so slowly all along. I mean, it's a different landscape right now. There's so much more competition, especially when you're in April release, plowing your way through a whole bunch of major summer movies. But it really has been a fascinating milestone of a year right now. I also have to give a little bit of a... Do you want to talk about uh, Endgame?
4: Oh, I was just going to throw out that it's it's important to remember that this is the, the biggest movie of all time internationally. It's kind of fascinating to me that Star Wars Force Awakens still has the domestic number one spot. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that is
2: a very good point, too. I was also about to uh, tee up something that I think you might be fairly interested now that you went and you saw Crawl. I just have to give (laughs) Crawl an extra little plug here because for a horror movie, to have a weekend to drop as low as 49.2% is impressive. So, I don't know. That just gives me a little hope that good word of mouth is a real thing and quality filmmaking is being rewarded. Plus,
4: Crawl is another fun movie to see in a theater.
2: Big time. I can't recommend seeing that on the big screen enough. Riley, when huh. are you seeing it? When? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Soon.
3: <laughs> I am so behind on my movies because just work and, and Comic-Con and we're running down there during Friday night and all these kind of things. So Crawl, though, is up there. But so was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I got to see fair. that one. That's yeah, fair. That's yeah. so, fair. I didn't get a press screen for that. I was to say
2: excuses, excuses, but it's another big weekend this weekend. I, and I,
3: yeah, I think I'm going to do a double feature day. Okay. Crawl once upon a time in hollywood
2: i feel like it's a good so even though you usually pair similar things for double features i feel like you nah, should see once upon a time in Hollywood. i mean they both sound really intense and crazy in different ways so right. maybe i don't know maybe they do make a good double feature well, you can well, yeah. report back next week
3: i'll report back because i believe there are alligators in once upon a time in hollywood oh, really? so that right i don't know did i get are these the press notes <laughs> this is <are> my phone <laughs> that's weird all, all right,
2: right. <laughs> well we'll see you know miracles happen maybe there'll be alligators in that movie too sure. so we got some stuff coming to the collider video youtube channel that you should be checking out maybe a little show that mr mark riley is on called rula Two. here's a promo Hey guys, Riley
3: here, and let me tell you about Rule of Two. You're looking for a Star Wars fix? Well, Rule of Two is that show. It drops on Collider Video's main YouTube channel, as well as on Podcast One's Jedi Council feed. So go over there, subscribe, share it with your friends. It's hosted by myself and Mark Fernandez. We talk everything in the Star Wars universe with a lot of deep dives and a lot of conversations that go all in. You know what to do. Subscribe, join us there, and
0: rise. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you want that?
1: The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning.
2: Hey guys, Perry here again to remind you that this episode of Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe. You know what this is. It's the ultimate DC membership for DC fans where you can watch, you can read, shop, and even connect with other fans. And this is the place where you're going to get DC original series like Titans, there's Doom Patrol, and also Young Justice Outsiders Part 1 and Part 2. And then if you're into comics, this is where you can get their comic library. It includes over 20,000 titles and that ranges from classics to recent releases and also more complete storylines than ever before. For example, there's The Man of Steel. You've got Harley Quinn 2016 and then on top of that, there's also Batman number 50. You can watch new animated films like Justice League vs. The Fatal 5 over here and also Batman Hush, which is coming soon, along with classic movies like Superman and Superman 2. There is so much content here and you can watch it on all your favorite devices, so you know what? Go on over. DC Universe dot com slash join sign up at dcuniverse.com
0: slash join Stay chico pitbull mr 305 better said mr worldwide and i'm here to tell you about my new podcast from negative to positive brought to you by my friends over at state farm i believe that to have success you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you you know the biggest risk you take is not taking one it's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money especially when it comes to insurance State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why didn't you with that? The
3: Breakfast Stampede meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning.
1: And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba da ba ba ba. In
2: addition to Rula 2, we have so much San Diego Comic-Con coverage up on the main Collider Video YouTube channel right now. You could check it out. We broke down every single section of the Marvel panel. I got to do that with Coy. He worked super hard. Coy, you rock. Thank you so much for being there with us. And then on top of that, keep an eye out on the Collider Interview YouTube channel. I believe there might be some clips up there already, if not on the main channel, but there's going to be the full interviews we did in the interview suite. I mean, I, for one, got to talk to the folks behind the Dark Crystal series. On top of that, I did an Osferatu interview. There are so many interviews from Comic-Con going up there, so please watch out for all of that content as well. Moving down the lineup now, story number two is... Phase 5. Alright, so we obviously had the Hall H panel where they announced a whole bunch of cool Marvel stuff, but some of us walked out of that panel saying to ourselves, is all of this technically Phase 4? Especially when Feige rattled off a bunch of titles at the very end. What is Phase 4? What are we waiting for Phase 5? And Behind uh, backstage they did a press line and there were a bunch of interviews that came out of that one of which was with our own Steve Weintraub he caught up with Feige and Feige confirmed that the Blade reboot isn't part of Phase 4 it's going to be a part of Phase 5 here is the exact quote for that it is the complete Phase 4 the way I announced the complete Phase 3 five years ago things can move things can change as they did if you go back and look at what we talked about five years ago for Phase 3 but we've been working on this for quite a while and it's pretty set, but there are always changes possible. On top of that, Kevin Feige also spoke to MTV's Josh Horowitz, and here's what he said about what they've got planned. We debated what we should announce today. Should we announce four and five? We've planned them out. We've got five years down the road, and I was like, I think 11 projects in two years is plenty, having not mentioned anything for two or three years. So, Silas... We got all the Phase 4 stuff. I'm curious, when you look at the details in Phase 4, what about those projects gives you maybe a little bit of a clue of not necessarily a theme or a vibe, but what we might have to expect in the architecture of what Phase 5 is going to be?
4: Maybe I'm a little biased because I've been saying this before Phase 4 was even announced, but I feel like the next Avengers film is going to be Dark Avengers. Mm. And the idea that we have Zemo coming back in Falcon and the Winter Soldier seems positioned for that. The idea that it ends with a story that is potentially about giving a king and queen for Asgard seems like a place where you could do the the comic book storyline of Siege, which if you have the Dark Avengers coming in to invade Earth Asgard, that seems like a cool clash.
1: Ooh. Oh,
2: I like the sound of that. Oh, I like I'm, that.
4: I'm usually wrong on these things, well, but I can speculate.
2: You know I'm always for like the the stuff that's got a little bit of a darker tinge to it. And between Doctor Strange 2 and the fact that they're teeing up as the first scary movie, and also what Blade is, you would think that maybe they're, they're kind of uh, easing us towards darker, even more intense material than we've already gotten.
4: Well, also, there's a lot of... Uh, I mean, Eternals is literally Eternals, but asgard is that it's ancient beings um there's an element of that in in bringing in the mandarin mm-hmm. in uh shang chi uh I'm excited. I mean, I think the coolest title was uh, In the Multiverse of Madness. Oh,
2: I loved that. The second they said that and then they say scary movie, I'm like, well, I was already very excited about Doctor Strange because I think that's one of the the solo movies that doesn't get... like, Yes, it did very well, and and I think it was reviewed very well, too, but I feel like that movie needs even more credit than it already got. Mm -hmm. I just... I adore that movie, and I can't wait to see what Scott Derrickson does with this next one, but... Putting you guys on the spot a little here, just briefly for phase four, of everything announced, if you had to pick only one to see, what would it be and why?
3: Oh, don't. I'm sorry. I
2: feel like Mark Ellis taught me that game, and now I'm going to use it.
4: I mean, it would be Love and Thunder. Uh, Like that that movie, just independently of anything else to do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it just sounds so cool.
2: I'm very into that one as well.
4: And uh, one of the questions that popped in my head, and I wonder is. Is this Jane Foster becoming Thor, or is this the Thor of a parallel reality where she was always Thor? I
2: actually haven't really thought of that. I think I just made the assumption that it was Jane Foster becoming Thor but you I mean you make a good point especially with so much emphasis on the multiverse now mm-hmm. makes sense
3: uh, what's coming before Doctor Strange okay. and the uh, is it uh, WandaVision WandaVision is going to lean up to it just so
2: you know the Disney Plus stuff is also in play here and that's right. another fascinating thing about what we're talking right now we are so used to the phases being isolated on the big screen and that's it they're introducing another format here that is very much a part of the MCU Phase 4
4: right it, it's also something that I think we see in comic books. We see the big summer crossover and there will be six to eight issues happening over the summer, but then there's a whole bunch of other stuff happening mm-hmm. that tie in. Yeah. And we're now in a position where Phase 5 or 6 or however far into the future could begin the year like Infinity War Endgame did with kicking off this giant, massive event, we could have four television miniseries that are also part of that event, and then it could culminate at the end of the year. Yeah. All
2: right, we've stalled for you long enough, Riley. What's your pick?
3: Well, uh, so uh, WandaVision, I know, leads into yes. Doctor Strange 2. Here, but- here we
2: go. It's Black, Black Widow, yeah. the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the Eternals, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, WandaVision, Loki, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, What If, Hawkeye, and Thor, Love and Thunder.
3: So we're getting... The uh, Doctor Strange two before Thor. So what I'm, my point was that maybe that is uh, can lead into a multiverse thing. Maybe they're going to introduce the mutants, you know, with a multiverse setting. However, Doctor Strange does it. But because you took Love and Thunder, I do want to see that because Taika Waititi is my favorite, and Thor Ragnarok is slowly inching its way to number one at all time in the MCU. I love that movie so much. But you're getting me with Doctor Strange calling this a horror movie and the multiverse stuff. That is just so... mm, I'm going to tick that one.
2: i got to play my own game here. I actually think... So initially I was going for Thor because Taika Waititi directing a Thor movie is like a proven entity right now. I'm really curious to see what the cosmic MCU becomes, which would make my mind go towards uh, Eternals instead. But I think I'm most curious about what the format of these Disney Plus shows are going to look like more so than anything. And I also... They kept emphasizing this descriptor for WandaVision. They kept calling it weird. So between the fact that it is one of the first Disney Plus series and also it's being described as weird. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in and I want more Scarlet Witch. So I would choose that. So we do also have to talk about some other titles that Kevin Feige rattled off at the very end of the panel. They weren't on the screen, but he did toss out the names. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, of course, Blade with Mahershala Ali, and then on top of that, he made a verbal mention of both the Fantastic Four and Mutants. So. Are you surprised, especially when it comes to those sequels? Because I feel like, or at least for me personally, I was anticipating those sequels a little faster. And if Mm -hmm. we're talking about waiting for Phase 5 for those, we have a fairly long gap between whatever the installment was that came prior to those. So do those not being part of the Phase 4 mix surprise you at all?
3: Uh, You know, a little bit. Because, But then I go back to the quote that he said, that Kevin Feige said, is that, what, 11 titles in a year two years yeah i mean and he's been going off and saying that we have five years planned and so i look to those titles that he mentioned as guardians galaxy volume 3 makes sense to me because of james gunn doing the suicide squad so i know he's going to come back to that we're going to get that spider-man 3 that's another one where is that because that's going to happen far from home is going to make a billion dollars it's close uh black panther 2 though that's the most surprising for me i feel like that's going to pop up in in um phase four mm-hmm. i think they're going to program it kevin feige even said it's much like he did some things will change some things will move around i think we can see that programmed into phase four because we know that ryan kugler is back they're probably developing working on the script right now black panther two being such a huge hit that the original was i think they would want to slide that into phase four I don't know about Captain Marvel, though. Captain Marvel 2, that's an interesting one. I could see being a part of Phase 5 because we're going to get some cosmic stuff with Eternals, with Thor. Maybe that's going to play into it. And then maybe Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and Captain Marvel 2 will will hit up Phase 5. But those things, I believe there's going to be some titles that are going to fall into mm-hmm. Phase 4. And that Phase 4 could go past 2021, maybe end in 2022.
2: Do you think that's going to happen? Because also, it is a little unusual for us to get one complete phase in such a short period of time, too. Right. That's another fascinating part to what he just announced.
4: It is. It's It's kind of unprecedented. It feels like this is more just introducing new characters again. I mean, phase one was like 2008 to, to 2012. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. But I, I think it's just changing it up. Um
2: it's changing it's changing with the times with their success i mean it's it's not like they're they're completely changing the policy of their storytelling they're just in a position where they've made so much money and there's such a high demand and they've figured out an operation to meet that demand that we're getting so much content so quickly but I can't wait, and I can't wait to be covering all this stuff right here on this desk for. <laughs> At the very least, we're we're carried through now till twenty twenty one and then some. So guys, as we get more updates on all of these projects, we're gonna talk with you about them. Hey guys, it's Perry here again to remind you that this episode of Collider Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe. This is the ultimate DC membership for DC fans. And right now, you could use DC Universe to catch up on part one of the original series, Young Justice Outsiders. And then you could stream new episodes of part two, which are dropping every week in July and August. This is where you can also continue watching DC's most iconic young superheroes. And also other brand new characters discover their unique meta powers and special abilities How about that? That's a lot of content right there. And you can access it all on DC Universe, which is available on all of your favorite devices. So go on over to dcuniverse.com slash join to sign up right now. That's dcuniverse.com slash join. All right, let's leave time for a Twitter question, because I was hoping there was going to be one about this, because there was a really cool trailer that I was very excited about that dropped today. King and Commodore is asking, what did you think of the beautiful day in the Neighborhood trailer? Did anyone cry? Who cried? Riley cried.
3: I didn't cry. (laughs) It was fine. It was beautiful. It was so beautiful. It was. Tom Hanks is made for this role. I mean, I think his whole career has been leading to this. I love the dramatic version of this. Um, Won't You Be My Neighbor was one of my favorite movies of last year. The documentary was beautiful. So, this coming in, it's like it's a nice it's going to be a nice way to, to really dive into his life and, you know, dramatize it. And it's Tom Hanks. This is a beautiful trailer. I can't wait for this movie.
2: I am quite pumped as well. What about you, Silas? I felt
3: a little cynical about it. Did you Really? Um, really? I'm, I'm sure when
4: it actually comes out, I will love it. I, I just... Tom Hanks is so perfect. Yeah. Uh, and it, 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 there's that sense of... Uh, I already love Mr. Rogers. How are you going to make me love Mr. Rogers
3: more? Right. That's very true. No,
2: it's a it's a fair point. But then we got that adorable subway scene at the end. I'm mm. also just really excited for Ariel Heller. I want to see her continue to, to just crush it as a director and get yeah. all the love in the world for that. Because... I really do think that uh, um, Can You Ever Forgive Me was a little... Am I saying the wrong... No, I'm not. Uh, Yeah, Can You Ever Forgive Me was a little overlooked. And if you haven't seen her uh, her first movie, The Diary of a Teenage Girl, that's an absolute must-watch. But really, she's just delivering time and time again. So I have such high hopes for this project. I do want to hit one more question here, even though we're running low on time, because it's a good question, and it's something we're going to see popping up a lot now. Chris Robinson is asking, people are starting to put out... Their best of the decade list. So, as of now, what movies can you guarantee will be on your list if you made one? Phantom Thread for May. I'll give you a brief Ooh. second to think about it because this is just because it chapter two is on my mind. But I think that um, it would be on the list for me. I thought that that was just like really groundbreaking, and it worked in so many different uh, you know genres and subgenres beyond horror. And just watching that kind of catch the imagination of horror fans and also folks who just take to coming of age movies. That movie just really had something for everybody if you are old enough to see it. I don't recommend children go see that mm. but that movie really just blew me away
3: best of the decade oh my gosh
4: so is that 2009 to 2019 yeah well yeah. what decade are we working in <laughs> yeah, here yeah. so from, know, from starting that, now that All vicinity right. i mean the, the one i know that definitely falls into that category and that would be on my list is uh patterson Mm. Um, oh right! I okay. Just, I, I I love that movie. The first time I saw it, I love Jim Jarmusch, but that movie That's speaks to movie. me in a way that it, it's it's like meditating. Just watching that movie, I feel calm and at peace with the universe. This is a
2: very very good call with an excellent dog.
3: <laughs> mm.
1: All
2: right, you got to throw out one title, Riley.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna you know I, I'd love to clump them together, but uh, I I think in. F- Avengers Infinity War is... Mm. And I I want to include Endgame as all one movie because I think for what it did for not only the the culmination and leading up to it, but it's going to probably be in the bottom ten if I were to pick a decade um, because of just what it did. And and, and that is theatrical experience to the max that I love and adore is being there and watching. I mean, those gasps at the end of Infinity War are... uh, Stick with me t- today, so yeah. I- I'm going to be that uh, that Disney shill, and I'm going to pull in uh, Infinity War and. If I can sneak in Endgame as one thing because of what they've done for not only the genre but for moviegoers and for the enjoyment, I'm putting it in there.
2: nice little variety right here. What a pleasant way to wrap up this edition of Movie Talk. As always, Riley, Silas, thank you for being here on this Monday. Thank you. Adam in the booth, Dorian in the live chat. Thank you guys so much for your hard work as always. And to everybody out there, thank you for watching this show. Sadly, this is the only one I'm going to be in the studio for this week because we are preparing to welcome a new addition to the family. So I am heading home to New York, but don't worry. Rocco will be steering the ship, and you can trust he will do a great job. So tune back in tomorrow, 3 p.m. PT Live, for a brand new episode of Movie Talk.